Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. I am so glad you guys decided to join us today. I know that in the world today, there's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of people out there that feel like tomorrow is never going to be a brighter day, that today, if from this point on, it's just going to get worse. Well, that is an easy thing for us to think, but it is a wrong way to think. If you're out there today and you have no hope and tomorrow just looks like it's going to be worse than today, or if you're out there and it's just a wonderful time that you're having, the two things that you have in common with each other is the fact that there's, if there is a call on your life, if Jesus Christ is drawing you, if the Father is calling you, then today is the day that you need to respond to that. If you're so discouraged you can barely lift your head up, remember this, that many of the guys at the Union Gospel Mission have been right there, some of them so hopelessly addicted to alcohol or drugs that it seemed like there was absolutely no way out of their addiction and and to anything meaningful. They've lost family and friends and jobs and homes and all kinds of things. But here's the thing. God is in the restoration business, and even more so, many men that come to the mission don't have anything to be restored to. They never had anything to begin with. Maybe they came from a broken family where there wasn't a lot of love or hope or encouragement. Uh, Jed at the mission came from a family where they were into drugs and alcohol since the time he was a kid, and he grew up on the streets. And there would really be no hope. And where was he when he found the hope? He was in prison. And that's where hope found him. And so I'm just saying to you today that there is a, there is a way that may not seem right to the world, but it is the way into the light of the glory of God. And when you were in Christ Jesus, you never fallen out of that. And if you're in Christ Jesus... Remember this, he never loved you any more the day that you first came to the day that you did the worst thing you can think of after being a Christian. He loved you just the same. And yes, you've escaped the penalty of death and hell, but those he loves, he chastises. And so as sons and daughters of the living God, he'll chastise you. But here's what you guys will have if you did not know Jesus before. He has promised, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And he's also said, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him as God and he will make your path. And so uh, my dear wife wore that armband all the time from Philippians 4.13, all the time. And the two guys I have sitting here today are examples of what a life redeemed can be. And by that, I mean that they may not have had a lot of things to be redeemed to, but God gave them a reason and a transformation in their lives from this point forward. Willie, you came to the mission th how many years ago? Uh, about five, almost six years ago. 
And how'd that work out the first time? Uh, it was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I lasted about five months, got my blue badge, which is the last badge uh, that you get in the program uh, before you start uh, transitioning out, and um, decided to leave at that time. But I came back. Well, so if you if you leave, then obviously you can you never come back, right? Oh no, 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 no. You you can come back, but you know you start your program all the way over from the beginning, and mm-hmm. um, you kind of figure out um, what it was that you were lacking the first time. And um, you know, truly, the 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 first time I thought I had it all figured out, um, figured I had learned as much as I was going to learn. I was going to go out go grab a church, get a job and take care of my kids, but I was still lacking that foundation and I was still um, leaning on, um, for a lack of a better way of saying it, a God of my own understanding, right? And um, you know, when I came back to the mission, I got to um, completely just discard all of that and, 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 and come to it like a child, you know, and um, just, just learning and um, got rid of all of my preconceived things that I thought and and really learned who Christ was and who God was and stuff like that. So um, it was a blessing. It is an amazing thing for sure. Um, How about you, my friend? This is Matthew Byro. Matthew, um, so we talked a little while ago about, you know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Uh, Is that true? It is. Um, you know, I, when I got to the mission, I was a, a young believer. I came to a saving faith in Christ for about a year prior, but I didn't have a, a good understanding of what it looked like to live that life. Uh, so when I got to the mission, I was pretty hopeless. You know, I, I was deceived in my understanding, but Christ brought me out of that. And I was at a point that, you know, I would Permit the cliche, my rock bottom. You know, I lost pretty much everything, and I was at the end of my rope. And yet, Christ brought me out of that. How about you, Willie? Were you at the end? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, pretty much like like Matt and um, a lot of the other addicts that are out there. Um, my addiction really tried to kill me, right? And um, I had been through many hospitals, like Matt. Um, both mental and 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 like emergency rooms and stuff like that, um, and uh, it it was just it was horrible. Yeah, I, that's a good way to put it. Rock bottom, right? Yeah. Well, you know, as I alluded to earlier, and then forgot to go ahead and and quote it. <laughs> uh, Olga had MS. That was my wife who passed away, and and uh, she wore that armband. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me all the days that she was for years. And uh, did she believe that? She absolutely believed it. And even the fact that her deteriorating condition was happening, she had given her life to Christ and knew that that she would move on Mm -hmm. to someplace greater than this, right? Mm -hmm. So let me ask you something. We often think of the addict or the person who's addicted to drugs or alcohol and that they're destroying their lives, but how about the sphere that's around you? How about the people around you? You have children, do you not? I do. And how did it affect them to have a father who was on drugs and alcohol? Um, At the time, I don't think that I really noticed it too much. Maybe it was just the selfishness of it all. Um, I always assumed that, hey, you know, I come around when I come around and they're happy to see me. Oh, so they're not really too worried about it. But um, as the last couple of years have gone by and um, they're getting older, a bit more outspoken about things. and, And I do talk to them. 
and I do explain to them um, the reasons why I wasn't there. I don't pull any punches with my kids. I tell them exactly, exactly. Um, what was going on, what had happened. They've seen all the scars on me and stuff like that. They know everything about everything, right? So um, when I talk to them now, I, I understand that it does affect them, right? Like they did miss me tremendously, right? There are things that um, I never got a chance to talk and to teach my son right um things that he may struggle with now with you know just just day-to-day things just being a boy right um that his mom had to teach him and stuff and um she did an excellent job right for the circumstances that she was in doing it all by herself and i um completely respect her for that even though she was um still in her addiction right she was in her addiction but she was there you know and and she did everything so um i just want to make sure that that it's known that i respect her deeply for that and um you know, but but it did affect my kids. You know, it affected my kids. It affected my mom. It affected everything. And so, um, when I decided to get sober and talk to them about it and stuff, I I understand now that, you know, my son he's just a little, um, I wouldn't say shy or insecure, but he just um, he's a little more. He was a little more introverted when I first got him back. You know, now he's just, he just seems so much more happier, right? And it's just uh, sometimes just having that interaction with, you know, with your parents and your father and stuff like that. And, you know, him being there and doing stuff with you and knowing that they're loved and stuff can, it can mean the world, right? So it actually or absolutely can. And by the way, Willie has never been ashamed to tell people that what he was talking about is he has scars from, uh, there's an addiction called cutting. And, uh, you know, sometimes when an addict, can't get drugs, alcohol, or whatever. Self, uh, self-mutilation self is the way. And so you will never be able to tell uh, a cutter walking down the street because they're very smart and hide it beneath where the shirt sleeves are and stuff. And the reason that I'm, I'm extremely proud of Willie because he was on the show with me and I asked him, do you not want me to bring that up? He said, no, it's part of the old life. Forget exactly what you said, but here's a mistake that parents make sometimes. I heard uh, somebody was telling me that, well, I don't want I, you know, my kids talk about it, but I, I don't want to tell them that I used to smoke marijuana because I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I ask them, "Are you smoking marijuana now?" <laughs> and well, no. I said, "Well, that's not hypocritical to tell your kids the mistakes you made is not hypocritical." Hey. I used to smoke marijuana or, hey, I used to drink or, hey, whatever your situation is, you can use that for them to learn from. Mm -hmm. And so when you hide that, uh, you do them a disservice. You just don't walk up to your kid and say, hey, by the way, I used to smoke Maui Waui all the time when I was in high school. (laughs) That's not how you approach them. But you can sit them down and you can say, look, there's a lot of drugs out there. You're going to hear a lot of things. And there was a time in my life that I was doing this, 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 or this, and it destroyed my life or almost destroyed my life. Mm-hmm. And so, or it was a time that, that I don't remember. And you, I'm just saying that Willie's approach is to be open to honest with his kids. When they ask, he answers. Now, Matthew, same question is for you. What your, First of all, your addiction was? Uh, I struggled with alcohol. I, I got into doing drugs, uh, smoking crystal meth and other stuff as well. 
but really for about seven long years, I was drinking heavily every day uh, without fail. Yeah. And, you know, let's, uh, for you guys out there who drink or don't drink or whatever, you may not understand what, when a guy says that he's an alcoholic and he's drinking every day, he's not saying that, hey, I come home from work and I sit behind and I, I get a rock glass out and I have a couple of belts before I go to bed. That's not what you're talking about, is it? No. Uh, I used to drink, you know, they call, the the, the term is called a handle of of alcohol of hard liquor and that's 1.75 liters and I used to drink that almost daily and you know I had bottles hidden under my pillows throughout my house so that I always had alcohol around me I drank from the morning to in the middle of the night if I woke up to go to the bathroom I had a drink from from getting up go to the bathroom have a drink go right back to bed that that's it was always uh, drinking it was just such a part of my life at that time if you're an occasional drinker and you were to have a half pint of whiskey, you'd probably be absolutely drunk. <laughs> when he's talking about something the size, think of a Pepsi bottle, which is two liters. Yeah. And that's straight alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, when you're going to a bar, you're mixing it with other things. So, you know, you're talking a bucket load. And to get there, you couldn't get there. You would you would die before you could drink that much in one day. It's a tolerance you have to build up. And uh, what was the effect on your family? You have a son. Yeah. So, um, you know, my ex who I was together with, we were, we were dating for a long time. Um, you know, slowly it started to whittle that relationship away. And, you know, my son didn't really realize much of the effects because he was such a, a, a young age. Sure. And tell the latter part, um, towards the end of it, he was about six and he started to realize when he would come over and see me, if I was sleeping on the couch and he couldn't wake me up by, you know, jumping on me, he would know dad's drinking again. And so he started to recognize and, you know, it was starting to let him down. And, and then there was a lot of promises that I made and, you know, oh, I can't do it or, you know, this, okay. or I don't have enough money because I was spending my money on alcohol. And so it was really starting, he was starting to see it and recognize it um, at that point, you know, before I ended up at the mission. Let me ask you both something. Uh, you had addiction to drugs and to the cutting, and you had it mostly to alcohol, but yeah. also to drugs and stuff. And you were never really in a lot of trouble or anything, right? Uh, no, I, I've never... I mean, I haven't even gotten a speeding ticket. You know, I, I, a lot of it is just... Uh, He's driving home. <laughs> you know, I was just, I, I would say, lucky. You know, I was in a lot of bad situations, did a lot of dumb things, and just happened to not get in trouble for it. You know, and, and you know, I thank the Lord for that because I could have been in some really serious trouble. Matthew is a really clean-cut looking guy. You know, he's got that uh, that kin doll haircut, <laughs> you know. He's clean-shaven. <clears throat> he looks like he's never been in trouble, but we know him better than that. Mm -hmm. And Willie is, is he's also clean-cut. He looks like your typical friendly guy that, you know, you see working as a salesman or whatever, and he's, he's friendly, he's outgoing and everything. Uh, and I suspect you were probably always pretty friendly, right? Yeah, yeah, always. Always kind of been like this was an only child, so I've always just been able to Spoiled. make friends. Just I mean, just <laughs> sorry. I was just, unlike Matthew, I was just really unlucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So just a hypothetical situation. I'd like to ask the two of you, you both fathers and you both were, uh, you lost your mom and dad all within a few months of each other. Did you not? Uh, yeah. Matthew? Yeah. Within two weeks of each other, they passed away both from cancer. Um, that's really kind of what pushed me over the edge uh, to start drinking heavily. Yep. And uh, your dad was not around, right? No. And uh, just so you guys know, uh, my father was not around either. You know, he had other things to do, drinking, and he was a pharmacist, so I have no idea what other things he might have done and, and those type of things. But uh, it was difficult on us as kids not to have my dad around, and so I identify with that. But here's my question, because a lot of the people out there that are listening may not have any trouble with drugs or alcohol or cutting or or pornography or all the other addictions, and trust me, those are all addictions too. Yeah. How about the man who puts everything he has into his business and doesn't come home for the boy or for the girl that's at home? Mm-hmm. How do you think that affects him? Um, yeah, I think same thing. It is it, you know, that time that can be spent with their kids and and their spouse uh, is just lost, and they feel not as important. Uh, as, as those things, you know, just as, like I said, my son started to realize that dad values alcohol more than the couple days he gets to spend with me out of, you know, maybe two weeks, I, yeah. I would get a weekend with him and, and I prioritized drinking, even knowing that he was coming and he started to realize that. And, you know, I can imagine, you know, my dad was a gambler and he did that constantly and, and he chose to go gamble versus doing stuff with us as a family and it just made us feel not like a family not not warrant you know he he cared more about that than us and by the way somebody said to me that you know that other things are not addictions i mean you know drugs and alcohol you put into your body but the other things are not addictions to which i said no that's not true so think of it this way Think that an addiction is anything that you love more than your family and more than God. Yeah. So if you're a Christian and, and you're doing something, are you saying you love that more than God? And if you are a person out there who has a family, and like you were saying, Matthew, breaking your promise all the time, not being there for them, I got to go out and I got to get high, and, and that takes precedence over my family, then you got an addiction, and I don't mm-hmm. care whether it's business, whether it's pornography, or whether it's whatever. You can make a little god out of almost anything, can't you? Yeah. So, uh, but so if you're out there and you think, "Hey, I'm pretty clean. I don't smoke, drink, take drugs." Mm, okay, but what are you putting as a priority in your life? And if you're failing to do that, Tom Landry said one time that. He put God first, family second, and football third. And I would say to you, you put God first, family second, and everything else after that, right? Yeah. So there is a ton of people out there that are missing the greatest opportunity of their lives uh, by not valuing the family that they have, the spouse that's next to them or whatever the case is. So let me ask you something, both of you. Now, Matthew, you are controlled, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but what I mean is you're calm, you're analytical about things, 
you are working in our finance department. And contrary to what anybody may have thought when I hired him, well, I allowed Scott to hire him, but I have to put the stamp on everything. Uh, I was fully convinced that he was the man and that he was a man of integrity, honor, and that he was truly a man who had given his heart to Christ. And so I have, have I ever expressed to you any reluctance in putting you with the combination to the safe? <laughs> no, you, you've trusted me wholeheartedly with everything. And, you know, I, again, I, I appreciate that. And, and I attribute it just again to the transformation that Christ has put in my life. Um, I wasn't deserving of trust. Me either. You know, prior to that, you know, and, and it's not again that I was an untrustworthy person. It's just people couldn't depend on me for anything. The only thing they could depend on me is to be drunk. You know, uh, we're going to hold you guys over if you've got time for a nec- yeah. another show. we got about three minutes. But, Willie, mm-hmm. the same thing could be uh, said of you. I have related to you that I trust you in all things, that I don't have any reservation about you doing something you ought not do on mm-hmm. campus. Uh, and to me, when we're talking about the transforming power of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to— if I had enough money to fill a room up with $20 bills, mm-hmm. I, I don't unless it's a really small room, mm-hmm. but that you would allow your friends to come in and if they sat in there and you didn't have any idea how much money was in there, the one thing you would know is that on the way out, there was just the same amount as when they Absolutely. went in. Yeah. And I believe that of both of these young men. And I am more than happy and more than proud of the fact that they have taken their families seriously and made an alteration in their their life that could only be attributed to the transforming power of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Well, I have two minutes. Is there anything you'd like to say before we close up this uh, section of the show? I'm just going to be honest. This is way easier with Matthew here. Uh, uh, Willie tends to be a little shy about the radio, although he does a wonderful job. There's no nerves. You can't hear the nerves in him, you know, and he doesn't have anything besides water to rely on, (laughs) which is the best. And uh, on our next uh, section of the show, the next show, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, things that we have done after addiction that we maybe didn't do for a long, long time and now seem totally different. Like uh, we went to that soccer game. Yes. Took some of the men, which was, that was great. <laughs> we have just one minute. Want to say hello to anybody before we go? Uh, I just want to thank the donors, uh, the people who've made it possible to have the program, the volunteers, uh, because it's just helped so much in my life, in Amen. my walk. Amen. And I'd like to thank all the churches that uh, come out to do the chapel services Amen. and the um, folks that help out in the kitchen with me every single night. Um, I talk to them on a daily basis and let them know just how important it is to see the, um, you know, the churches come through and, 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 and the family that, um, that the program guys have to look forward to in their church and stuff when they. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen. And I'm going to hold these two young men uh, over. So, you know what? Uh, we have been truly blessed. I have three children. I had a wife that loved me, and you know what? Uh, those are some of the greatest treasures, and of course, the greatest treasure of all is when uh, when God called me to his side. And so, 
As always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com ugmsac.com To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268. 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.